Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And Rick, we're going to send it over to you. Yes, uh, the numbers are hitting the wires. 315,315 is non-farm payrolls. And if we look at private payrolls, they were 308,000. Now, let's get into the manufacturing. 22,000, that's much better than the 15,000 expected. And the unemployment rate, think household survey here, jumps up to 3.7%. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want me to talk about Joe Biden's speech? You think that's the top story of the day? Only the progressive left thinks that's the top story of the day. Joe Biden taken to Philadelphia Independence Hall with a backdrop that is so frightening. He looks like a dictator from every G.I. Joe cartoon you've ever seen. He literally could be Cobra. And what does he bring? A divisive, angry speech that doesn't address where Americans are at. It addresses where the Democratic Party wants to be at. And there's a conversation about how that should be responded to. But the story is unemployment up. The story is they've got some more jobs. But inflation is still the name of the game. How are Americans living and what is their fear of the future economically? That is the mover of the election. Who can solve their problem about their lives? Which is far more important than whatever uh, match uh, that Joe Biden wants to have with Donald Trump. I don't know, there's an SSING in there somewhere. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Now, if if you are a a fan of Joe Biden's speech, I would love to hear from you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I want to hear what you are a fan of. I, I, I would love to know what it is that moved you in the speech. Oh, I'll I'll share you the the highlights you want a highlight from the Joe Biden speech? Yeah, Boo Bear, I'm here for you. Here's one. Even in this moment, with all the challenges we face, I give you my word as a Biden, I've never been more optimistic about America's future. Not because of me, but because of who you are. We're going to end cancer as we know it. Mark my words. Oh, well, that's good to know. You know, one less thing. That's that's the highlight. I give you my word as a Biden. I don't know what I do with that information. I'm pretty sure Hunter was giving his word to the Chinese and to the Ukrainians. I'm not quite sure what the word meant. I give you my word as the big guy would have been a much funnier line. He's going to again, he's going to cure cancer. That was the most optimistic thing he said in the entire talk. The vast majority of it was a full engagement in being absolutely divisive. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be uh, pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. They're incompatible. We can't allow violence to be normalized in this country. It's wrong. We each have to reject political violence with 
with all the moral clarity and conviction this nation can muster. Now, we can't let the integrity of our elections be undermined, for that is a path to chaos. I don't disagree. We shouldn't undermine elections. We should also say no uh, to political violence. We should say no to attacking police officers in Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland. We should say no to groups like Antifa running around trying to set police stations on fire and punching anybody who they think disagrees with them. The fascinating thing is that Joe Biden didn't discuss any of that. Yet he went to Philadelphia to engage an idea, a conversation about the soul of America. I put forth to you a theory that it is impossible to have an honest and clear and uh, en toto conversation about the soul if one does not look into their own. And in this case, how about a look into the Democratic Party? A lot of talk about January 6th. You can't be pro-insurrectionist. Well, I am not pro-insurrectionist. Then again, January 6th was not an insurrection. It was indeed a riot. And I did indeed disagree with it. Now, I don't know if that makes me a MAGA Republican or not a MAGA Republican, and that's another part of this worthy of discussion. But I oppose riots. I said this when it happened, Joe Biden's record and the Democratic Party's record on the riots in Minneapolis, Seattle, that entire Chaz Chop, that autonomous zone where people got killed, they wouldn't allow police in, Portland, Oregon. We saw FBI agents get surrounded and followed. But it's Joe Biden now angry with people threatening FBI agents. We shouldn't be threatening FBI agents. And FBI agents should be better at their job and not be instructed to be partisans. If it was wrong on January 6th, if it was wrong to do two days ago, it was wrong to do when it was happening in Portland. Yet there was nothing. There was no universal condemnation. As a matter of fact, there were people like Speaker Pelosi who has said in the past few years, I don't know why more people aren't taking to the streets. Who knows? Maybe they will. Representative Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts reminding people that you have to stay in the streets and stay active. And it was, uh, oh, Maxine Waters. Can you imagine? I almost forgot the name. Uh, Maxine Waters. You see one of those people. One of those Trump people, you make a crowd that you surround them and and tell them that they are not welcome. Those are her words. Then again, uh, if you want to talk about pushing things that are lies. Because I believe, even though I don't have the facts to prove it, I believe that... Putin wanted to lift the sanctions. He's always wanted to lift these sanctions that were placed on him because of his um, interfering with and uh, incursion into Crimea. And so I believe that they wanted to elect President Trump. And Trump, I believe, agreed, I will always believe this, that he agreed that if he got elected, he would lift those sanctions. No basis at all, but she's telling her supporters she believes that Trump colluded with the Russians. 
I will agree with President Biden that that is indeed wrong. But shouldn't we at least look at it? Shouldn't he mention it? How do you engage a conversation about the soul of America if you do not look inward? And his speech did not look inward. Now, I've got more on this, including the insanity of the backdrop and everything else. Noah Rothman uh, from Commentary Magazine is scheduled to be with us. We're going to break that down with him. But you see the the engagement I, I've had uh, on the speech. You'll notice there's been no yelling and no screaming or anything else. The speech is not worthy of long-winded response because long-winded response from politicians, Republicans I'm talking about right now, does not solve a single problem for we the people. Unemployment is going to tick up. Well, we know that Bed Bath & Beyond is shedding 20% of its workforce and shutting stores. We have Fortune 500 companies that are shedding workforce. We have companies that have gone on hiring freezes. More than 45% of companies have rescinded job offers. We are not looking at a strong economy, even though Joe Biden said it in the speech last night. A flat-out lie told to the American people when the American people, us, we, it's not some, I I should stop using the term the American people. That's like some like esoteric, it's, it's, it's out there, you know, in, in, in the ether or it's some kind of, of, of a pedestal and, and it, it nonsense cliche. It's us. And we know it's bad. Energy prices are up. Food prices are up 13.1% regarding inflation. People are going to start looking very seriously at how their winter is going to go. How much are they going to heat the home? Is it a choice between heat and food? Utilities like electricity and water are up all across the board. These are the things that we are discussing. And these are the things that Republicans need to discuss. Now, I have said before, and I will say it again, and I will say it to the Republican Party without any hesitation at all and in any way. The Republican Party is the party of stupid. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It's just the facts. No one is better at grabbing defeat out of the jaws of victory better than the Republican Party. And the problem with the Republican Party is that they very often take their cues from the loudest amongst them, and they want to think, make this about Trump. Mistake. Giant mistake. I am not an anti-Trump guy. I never have been. But I'm not a Trump idolater because that's just not how I roll. I don't care who the president is. They work for me. If they're not doing the job, bloop, replace next. That's that's what they are. That's what politicians are. If I should ever run for office, it will never escape my mind that I am nothing more than a cog in the machine there to do a job for you. If I'm not doing the job, I'll get replaced. I'm not entitled to the seat. It won't be my seat. It'll be the people's seat. Or, uh, you know, uh, President Katz has a nice little ring to it. It's never going to happen. But dang, dang, would I, would I, I'd bring cigars back to the White House in a good way. In a, you stop it. 
Oh, your mind is in the gutter. You're terrible and awful. Yeah, I, I'm looking right at you. You know it. You know, every everyone in their car look over. Yep, that's the one who had the gutter, the mind in the gutter. That was that was them right there. Americans need to know that they're being taken care of. They don't care about the 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 fight. If the Republican Party wants to get into a fight where they go about trying to defend Trump as opposed to sharing a vision for America that can be juxtaposed to this angry bitter that that Joe Biden brought last night, that's the victory. Donnie Deutsch is a, a, a guy over at CNBC. I'm sorry, MSNBC. And he was on with Joe Scarborough. And he made this this point about Biden's speech. They're doing better than they've been. They finally got it right. You know, literally stay single-minded right now. Biden laid out the Democratic platform into the midterms and into 2024. It's there. And Mika, I think, really said it in the most simplistic, really, really smart way, that basically they took Trump's branding— and did a Brandon Judo on him and put it right back on top of them. Okay, Trump, you own the Republican Party? God bless, it's your party. This is what the Republicans stand for. It's the MAGA party. And I think that Biden... It's interesting to hear him say that because he is uh, codifying or codifying what I was saying, that this idea, oh, it's just the MAGA Republicans that are a problem. What in the world's a MAGA Republican? Well, the answer is anybody who doesn't agree with us. So it's now this litmus test. Which is why I, I discount the whole thing. I'm not, I'm not here buying somebody else's litmus test. But Donnie Deutsch believes that this is the right strategy. This is the strategy to take you through the midterms and uh, uh, get to victory. I believe that what Joe Biden has done is open the door to create the, the other view. Here's what America can be. You remember this America. You remember an America that was uh, better on pricing, better on energy, safer in the cities. Here's how we get there. By engage, by actually being a nation of laws, by actually following the laws, by believing the rule of law, by supporting police officers here. But And you ga- engage in the positive message. Because people want a positive message. They don't want something that's all negative all the time. And Joe Biden... Just showed you he's all negative all the time. This is the play. Now, it's a bet on America. Is America really up for for being a nation that isn't negative all the time? I'm hoping yes. I am 1,000% hoping yes. Do not go down the road of defending Trump. Trump's fine. Go down the road of showing America the better vision for their future and give them the hope that they need so they go to the vote so the nation gets better. But it's the Republican Party. I don't I don't know if they've got it in them. Your phone calls up next. I'm Tony Katz. So the inventory list is out what they took from Mar-a-Lago during the raid on Trump's home, and it was a raid uh, just because, uh, you know, some people are like, no, it was just serving a warrant. It was it was a raid. 11,179 documents. Documents and photographs. They claim. Oh, I'm sorry. 
It was 11,179 documents that had no classification markings at all. Um, 54 were marked secret, 31 confidential, and 18 top secret. They also had 48 empty folders labeled with classified banners, while another 41 empty folders were labeled return to staff secretary military aid. So we don't know why it was empty. So this is going to continue a breakdown here of what was taken. Meanwhile, are they going to indict? I have absolutely no idea. No idea at all. Let me go to the phones as promised. John, welcome to the show. What's going on, John? Hey, Johnny. Hey, uh, listen to you often. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, then uh, step aside, just have a a quick uh, thought. Uh, on insurrection, uh, you said it wasn't an insurrection. Uh, you know, I agree with you. Sometimes disagree with the others, so this isn't, isn't uh, put down or anything. But uh, you said it wasn't an insurrection. But uh, on the air, just if you could look up the definition, kind of go over it, your thoughts, and, um, and I'm going to hang up and enjoy listening. And I'll talk to you again soon. All right, John, appreciate it. Why don't I believe it was an insurrection? You want definition? I think words have meaning. I've got no issue. A violent uprising against an authority or government. We would ask what would be the difference between that and a riot. We would say what's the definition of a riot, right? A violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd. So now we're saying which one is it? And if you argue that it was a violent uprising... I would say to you, I could use the words of Joe Biden against him. To take on the government, you need F-15s, not a guy dressed as a centaur. I would argue that we would look at insurrection as something that was created, done, to overthrow a government, to overthrow a, 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 a group. We've seen in multiple parts of the reporting that there was no strategy at play there was no mass organization at play there were no weapons of note and no one got killed which Joe Biden continues to lie about so I go with riot no different than what took place in many cities across the country We can disagree. I'm Tony Katz. There were two parts to Joe Biden's speech that have to be addressed. The first are the actual words. What is it that the man said and certainly you can address how the man said it and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections they tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. 
The other part, by the way, that was that was not an upbeat speech. By the way, Tony Katz, uh, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. The other part was how it looked. Why would anybody allow this speech to go forward where Joe Biden was made to look like a dictator out of comic books? And in some ways, real life. Noah Rothman joins us right now from Commentary Magazine. His latest book, The Rise of the New Puritans, is available at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. Uh, you had a, a, a tweet yesterday, and I, and I was, I'm paraphrasing it uh, right here, um, that this uh, speech was ill-conceived and poorly delivered. And I think I, I'm, I'm playing it off too nicely your take on last night's 20 plus minutes from joe biden yeah ill-conceived from conception to execution um, right there was no point to delivering this speech indeed if there was a point to it it was not to address the menace that the president set out to ostensibly address it was to make it worse it was to bait republicans into intensifying and accelerating their accretion around uh, Donald Trump's orbit, uh, which I think a lot of analysis, and mine including, uh, contributes mightily to the Republican Party's increasing electoral struggles in what should be a banner year for them. There was uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, press secretary, said yesterday that this speech would harken back to themes that the president set out to uh, invoke in 2017 after Charlottesville, in 2021 after the Capitol riots. Um, and, you know, it's part of the same battle, she said. Uh, what Those two very traumatic events of street violence uh, required uh, sober minds and, and, and caution and, uh, and something from America's political officials to cool passion. Uh, they met the, mo- the president's addresses on those occasions, met the moment. What was this moment? What precipitated this event? Only, you can say, democratic political troubles. There was no violence. There's no outpouring of racial antagonism that moved the president to make this speech. Uh, January 6th rioters are being prosecuted. The president himself finds himself in legal jeopardy. America's institutions are functioning just fine. The problem, as we seem to be addressing here, is the idea that Republicans exist and that they're probably going to do pretty well in the midterms. And you need to be angry. You need to be aggravated. You need to be terrified by that and and save us from that political prospect. In other words, the menace that we're addressing is the idea that Republicans can fair legitimate elections, and that would be bad. Literally the opposite of what Joe Biden set out to do. If you believe, as I do, that there is an illiberal aspect that is rising to the fore on both of America's political fringes, and the right has its own illiberals, and that's a menace, you should be furious at the way Joe Biden cheapened and commodified your concern for the most parochial of benefits, his own political, his own party's political fortunes, not even his own. But we can argue, um, Noah, that that if if you believe and if you've been told that it's okay to quite literally dehumanize the people who disagree with you, and calling somebody a fascist, calling them a Nazi, is the way you dehumanize them. Then this was Joe Biden doing nothing more than speaking truth to power. Don Lemon on CNN last night, he had to speak the truth. This was truth, right? No lies here. That's the, that, is, that is the argument that you get responded with. Well, these people are fascists. I mean, they, they, it was an insurrection at, at, at the Capitol. Uh, how, do, how do you respond to that? Well, Joe Biden did not use the word fascist, obviously, or Nazi. Um, it is, however, implied because it harkens back to quite a lot of themes that are 
said by people on his side, but he didn't use those words. So let's give him a pass there. What he did is this perfunctory throat clearing by saying, you know, not all Republicans are, are mega Republicans. And then he proceeded to draw the largest possible circumference that he possibly could so that every conservative would be captured in this in this vein. He talked about how um, you know, he talked about street violence, which is absolutely unacceptable. And in the, uh, almost the same breath, he then went on to say that the same movement also wants to remove, uh, uh, take away your right to choose, take away your right to contraception, take away your right to marry who you love, which is a reference to uh, Clarence Thomas's concurrence in the Dobbs decision, which is, again, pretty much only his own decision. But it's a jurisprudential philosophy. To make you can disagree with that philosophy all you want, but to make the uh, the co- connection in voters' minds between the banal, mundane process of American jurisprudence and extra legal violence is incredibly reckless. He then subsequently went on to talk about how they had passed, you know, uh, infrastructure legislation and what have you. If you oppose that, well, you know, you're a little suspect too. And the goal here, the design here, was not to arrest the growth of the MAGA movement; it was to accelerate it. It was to drive as many Republicans as possible into the arms of Donald Trump because they believe it's good for their political prospects. It may be. It may well be. This may be a deplorable 2.0. It may backfire on them. I don't know. But the goal here is about as base and perverse as you could possibly get in American politics. And anybody responsible for it should be defenestrated from the White House so they no longer have the capacity to debase the office of the presidency. Talking to Noah Rothman, Commentary Magazine, the book, The Rise of the New Puritans, Fighting Back Against Progressives' War on Fun. You can get that at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, I made uh, this argument that when someone says to me, he's not talking about all Republicans, he's talking about MAGA Republicans, the question, of course, is then what makes a MAGA Republican? And I would reject the idea that I should hand over to the progressive left or anybody else the litmus test by which they decide for me whether or not I'm one of the quote-unquote good Republicans. But you brought up, and a couple of people have been discussing this uh, starting last night. I did a, I had my video out about it. The concept of taking the bait. So now play the one-two punch. What do you believe the bait is? And then part A, part B, what happens if, they t- if Republicans take it? And ha- what happens if they don't take it? What should they do? The bait is uh, obviously to uh, get Republicans to be righteously self-indignant about the insults, the offense that has been done to their voters, to their movement, to their leader in exile, Uh, subsequently rallying around Donald Trump and the Trump movement and erasing the distinctions in voters' minds between the Donald Trump movement and the Republican Party writ large. Uh, Democrats believe that's good for them. I don't know if I disagree with that. Uh, I don't think Dobbs moved the needle. We didn't see any movement in polling in the subsequent two months afterwards. Uh, I don't think the president's executive orders have moved the needle. Uh, I don't think even candidate quality on the Republican side has moved the needle, though it has contributed to it. I think the Republican Party's swoon has a lot to do with the fact that Donald Trump has been a ubiquitous feature in American political life for the last six weeks, reminding Americans why they voted against this movement in 2018 and 2020. That is the, is the Democratic idea here. And it's incredibly cynical, but it may work because it – but. I'm very disappointed by the fact that it it could work, if it does work, because what we were privy to last night is the most ham-fisted, scene-chewing attempt at psychological manipulation and emotional blackmail that I've seen from a president in my lifetime. And if people take this obvious bait and do exactly what they want you to do, then you might suffer the consequences for it. Be warned. Now, 
the taking of the bait is, in your view, saying that this uh, this uh, uh, offense cannot stand and Trump is our guy. What do you argue is the proper response to this? And a, and a, and a proper response, uh, I, I would argue, and make for, for terrible radio, is to say nothing, is to look at him and go, huh, and then move on with your day. But that isn't the way things work. Uh, I make uh, the argument that the proper response, just to put it out there, is... The economy is horrible. People are suffering. And here are policies that can make things better if you vote for us. And we blunt what the policies that Joe Biden has put into place, which has made your life more difficult. Yeah, I I don't think it would be to, you know, posture righteously indignant and rally around the flag uh, of Donald Trump in particular. I think it would be, as you said, to turn the tables. Joe Biden, you want to talk about extra legal, unconstitutional uh, uh, conduct of, of people in power. Look at your administration. Look at your executive orders on a moratorium on vaccination mandates or eviction moratorium, vaccination mandates, and most likely this this debt cancellation maneuver, which is blatantly contemptuous of the Constitution. And as you say, the economy, national security, um, uh, social services that actually serve the public and not some esoteric social justice initiative. This is the sort of stuff that put Republicans in a position to destroy Democrats in November. They have subsequently stopped making this case, in part because they have another case to make, which is Donald Trump's, uh, you know, uh, persecution and his and his uh, his offense, the offense that the Justice Department has done to him. Nobody's turning out in November to vote against the Justice Department. Zero people are voting against the Justice Department. You want to make a case in the midterms? Make the case for the midterms. And Republicans have sort of stopped doing that. This is a perfect opportunity to pivot off this really again, ham-fisted effort to capitalize on the political conditions abroad and actually remind voters why they spent the last 18 months souring on Joe Biden. One other thing I want, I want to get to as, as we, we break down the, this speech that uh, I, I do believe was angry, I do believe was divisive, I would argue was remarkably repetitive, he, it, this was 24, 25 minutes, and he hit the same phrases three or four times uh, in in this speech who engaged the stagecraft that would put him (laughs) front and center behind the podium with the presidential seal with the background of independence hall awash in blood red flanked by two marines yeah i i don't understand who did the advance work on 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 this thing kilo ren Terrifying. And uh, yeah, as you say, this is a bait and switch. I mean, this administration's baiting and switching has become a a feature of it. You know, we only learned that this was that the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was the most historic climate change bill that had ever been passed after it was passed. Right. Um, But the press press seems to have lost a little bit of enthusiasm for that sort of uh, look the other way mentality here, because a lot of prominent figures in cable news and reporters are, uh, uh, you know, noting with varying degrees of outrage that uh, using uh, billing this campaign event as a White House event and festooning yourself with the trappings of taxpayer-funded power while delivering this uh, campaign trail sermon uh, is a norm violation, changes the rules of engagement, and uh, is something that Joe Biden said that he would not do. And look, here he is, he's doing it. Uh, Only a partisan, a blinkered partisan could look past that. And reporters are actually not, surprisingly enough. I don't think there's any way 
any aspect of this speech that wasn't a historic blunder. Uh, now, whether that manifests in ways that Republicans can take advantage of, that's on them. I have absolutely no faith they will. But they could because this was a big mistake. Before I, I, I let you go, um, when we talk about mistakes, and I, and I don't disagree, and I don't disagree that the Republican Party uh, can screw this all up, and they shouldn't. Uh, it just it requires being methodical and allowing yourself to put Trump to the side and focus on what, what matters. There was the realization that ABC, NBC, CBS didn't cover this. This was a cable news speech. The president wanted primetime, took primetime, but didn't get primetime on the networks. What do you take from that? I, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Um, they possibly could have had the uh, a preternatural sense that what they were going to be privy to wasn't a newsmaking event. Um, I certainly got that sense, and it's interesting to see the networks decide not to preempt coverage for it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you had the uh, – you had. There was Again, there was no precipitating event for this. The only precipitating event is Democrats' political peril, which is as cheap as you can get for it to, uh, as a platform to launch into this tirade against your fellow Americans. Um, so maybe they had the assumption that the president was about to step on a landmine. Um, and if they, that's not going to save them because you know, you're going to see the clips uh, going, you know, moving forward. But quite possibly they had the horse sense that Joe Biden was about to do something spectacularly stupid. And tried to protect him from getting the biggest audience possible. Again, pushing the idea that, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a, the mainstream media is a part and parcel of the Democratic Party in, in the minds of a lot of people. And that's an interesting take. They, so they didn't take it, not because it wasn't going to be interesting, but because it was protectionary. Noah well, Rothman. it wasn't going to be interesting. What was that? <laughs> Also, it wasn't going to be interesting. Noah Rothman, uh, the book, The Rise of the New Puritans, Fighting Back Against Progressives, War on Fun. Get that at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz. So here's a story that as is being reported by Fox News, the president, his name is Joe Biden, you've seen pictures, he says he does not consider any Donald Trump supporters to be a threat to the United States. Wait a second. Didn't he just... Am I losing my mind? Has anybody put anything in my drink? Did he not just have a whole speech in Philadelphia where he said MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy? Wasn't that the whole damn speech? The president's saying today, and answering a question from Peter Ducey over there at Fox, you keep trying to make that case. I don't consider any Trump supporters a threat to the country. I do think anyone who calls for the use of violence refuses to acknowledge an election, changing the way you count votes, that is a threat to democracy. You called them MAGA Republicans. We were, we were all there. <laughs> is the president telling me that he already forgot what he said in the speech? 
12 hours ago? Oh. Oh, that is precious. And they're even defending having Marines there, which I, I, I looked at that. I said, that's, that's madness. People are really angry. Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's got a comment for that. We're going to take a look at where the markets are going. And more on, well, I can't even get into it right now because I'm up against it. But stay here. I'm Tony Katz.